School Podcast. Latest event, PPC News and Trends. Squadcast. With Jamie and Johnny. Hi there and welcome. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Squadcast. If you haven't listened before, the Squadcast is a podcast by the team here at Tag Digital that is jam-packed with the latest trends, tips, insights and developments from the world of event PPC marketing. Last week, we had the pleasure of welcoming Tag's very own Laura Davidson to the podcast as a special guest host, where she sat down with Michelle Fanis, who is the founder of the conference director, and they discussed the monetization of digital audiences. We just wanted to say a massive thank you again to both Laura and Michelle for their time. And if you haven't checked out the episode yet, it's definitely worth a listen. Squadcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Listen to the Squadcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Squadcast. Moving on to this week's episode. As most of you will know, it's been a really tough few months for the event industry. For many event organisers, they've had to either quickly postpone their events or pivot to virtual. And whether you're hosting a virtual event, a webinar, a panel discussion, or you have scheduled your event for a later date, it's actually really important that you still have a marketing strategy that will support you in building rich data and also generating revenue at the same time. So in this episode, what we're actually going to do is look at some top tips that will help you ensure that you're making the most of your existing data whilst also building new data for the future and also guaranteeing that you aren't missing out on any opportunities to generate revenue for your event. Yeah, precisely. So let's start with one of them um, methods of generating revenue for the event. Um, And this is really looking at the audience that we've gathered in the past so our existing data now our existing website traffic can be used to drive revenue from exhibitors and sponsors all year round so this is a service um, that we offer here at tag um, that you can sell forward to your exhibitors and sponsors and just called audience extension so with this service what you do is you can offer your exhibitors or sponsors access to your event sites traffic at an agreed upon CPM. So cost per thousand impressions uh, is what CPM is. Now this delivers value to exhibitors and sponsors by connecting them with your audience to drive measurable leads um, or if the exhibitor or sponsor um, prefers, then you can do it to drive um, traffic to their website. Now. This is really useful if your exhibitors have already paid um, to uh, say if they've booked a stand at your event um, but now can't travel, they can still generate a ton of leads, a ton of uh, traffic to their website, get a lot of brand awareness, um, but this can now all be through digital platforms. It also allows the exhibitor to reach the live event attendees digitally all year round. So you're not exactly limited by offering this as a service around the time of the event. It can be something where you get back in touch with exhibitors and sponsors at a different time um, and offer this service kind of all year round. So 
Offering this service uh, allows you as the organizer to generate additional revenue um, when you are putting on your, your event, so your exhibition or your conference. Um, you can generate additional revenue from them, exhibitors or sponsors. If you are interested in audience extension or want to learn more about it, then you can get in touch with us via the Tag Digital website. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, I, th I think it has been quite a, a popular service that we started to offer amongst kind of some of our existing clients, um, mostly for that kind of the revenue factor that it, that it offers because with the kind of pivot to virtual, a lot of people who would traditionally run paid for events or paid ticket events or you know getting delegates in and charging a cost for that that's no longer a, an option for them because people are less you know keen to to purchase a ticket for something that they're not physically attending so this is a great way to to you know continue to build revenue whilst also getting quite a high free free attendance from 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 visitors um at the same time so yeah it's, it's definitely an option and like i say like johnny said if you're if you're keen to to get involved just just um get in touch via the website and we'll help you out yeah i think one other thing to add to that as well it's not just something that's been popular amongst the organizers if that makes sense um obviously organizers are interested in generating more revenue from their events um, but from all the feedback that the organisers have had from their exhibitors and from their sponsors, it's something that's very popular amongst them as well because it's a chance to obviously raise brand awareness and generate them leads in such a difficult time at the moment. So that's something else to think about. It's not just something that the organisers are interested in. It's something that the exhibitors, the sponsors, they're also really keen as well. So the next tip that I kind of really wanted to talk about was um, why we should still be investing in attendance campaigns or Visprom campaigns, even though you might not think it's pro probably the right thing to do at this moment in time. So even though you might not think it, the demand for events is actually still very high, despite the kind of current circumstances within the world. And the number of virtual events available within the industry is actually increasing at such a rapid rate. So you can now argue that now is a much more popular time than ever for people to to start putting on virtual events um, and entering the kind of the industry because you don't actually need an incredibly big budget to rent out a large expo space, for example, and it can be done entirely online. Um, so you know if you're not in the market currently uh, and promoting a virtual event or just promoting your brand, then someday new is going to enter the market and you know take up that space eventually so virtual or physical it doesn't actually matter attendance is always going to be everything so investing some budget into that like for attendance or visprom campaigns is is key to having success throughout this kind of low period or the covid period um, and that's understandable that that people are kind of have have stopped investing in these visprom campaigns you know, the immediate reaction to COVID was to pause everything, down tools and, you know, stop all activity. But it's actually going to do more damage than good um, doing that because you're actually losing, one, a key data source and two, like I said, somebody else is just going to come along eventually because they've identified a gap in the market that was once filled um, and they're going to take advantage of that space because setting up these virtual events is a lot easier and we're, we are seeing a 
uh, you know, an increase in the number of new events popping up, new events organizers popping up because, you know, you no longer need that physical space to run an event. So I would highly recommend still looking to pivot towards virtual if you can. Um, and also just remember to kind of remarket and send reminders to your audience through email and advertising to get them to attend. And my last point on this really is the good news is that what we have seen from uh, you know an event PPC agency point of view, we have access to all this sort of data and results for these Visprom campaigns compared to where they were for physical events. You know, we are we're seeing results that are boosted by ninety five percent, mostly due to the kind of low cost per click associated uh, with the platforms right now because of COVID. The cost per click, on average, I think we've highlighted this a few times, has come down quite significantly. So we're actually able to, to you know, to run marketing campaigns at a much kind of lower budget. So there's lower lower risk involved, but much higher reward. As we're seeing, like I said, results are boosted by ninety five percent. So um, now is a great time to actually be investing in Visprom campaigns, even though you might not think it is. Yeah, so I think it's important to kind of go over how we can make the most of our data, but also our time kind of in the current climate with COVID going on. Um, time is, has been very important as as we've become busier in many ways, pivoting to virtual events like you were talking about, Jamie. Um, so in terms of making the most of our data, I think using targeted messaging is one of the most crucial things that we can do. So as with any marketing campaign, you should try and make sure that you build your messaging with the audience at the core and then deliver content, ads, messages, um, whatever else, using the channels that they will engage with. So for example, if you have a strong audience on Instagram, or a strong audience on Facebook, strong audience on LinkedIn, uh, if you know that they're always engaged organically there, then tailor your messaging to them users for that platform. Um, Nobody knows the audience better than you as the organizer. Um, You are putting an event on for them. Um, We presume that you know the industry kind of inside out and how these people kind of discuss things online, what kind of content they're interested in, um, because that's always the most kind of the, the content that gets the most attention at the events. Um, so you should be able to kind of use targeted messaging to engage with them users uh, in a really positive way. Another thing to keep in mind is make sure that, particularly with paid campaigns, Um, We need to cover the full funnel with our messaging. So the bottom of the funnel campaigns, for example, um, on Facebook, they'd be our remarketing. So targeting our existing data um, or when we're targeting the data or website traffic on Google, we need to make sure that we're using different messaging um, when we're doing that than what we would be with the middle of the funnel or the top of the funnel campaigns. So just try and tweak it um, for whoever we are targeting. Obviously, if somebody is part of a remarketing audience, say we have a data list of past attendees, we can make sure that we 
don't kind of describe the event as much. Um, this person is aware of your event and they've been before. So just use that messaging as a reminder um, of the event rather than trying to sell it to them. Um, and then, I mean, that kind of covers the messaging side of things. In terms of uh, making the most of our time at the moment um, is looking towards innovations that the, the ad platforms have available to us. Um, so these are things like responsive ads, campaign budget optimization, um, or smart bidding on Google as well. So these utilize machine learning and will give you an extra bit of time in your day, which is really important, obviously, with um, things like pivoting to virtual or trying to rearrange things that have been cancelled or pushed back. Um, getting as much time as possible back in your day is important. So what you can do is let the machines do the heavy lifting and then they can help find you fresh quality new data um, kind of using the, the machine learning that's going on in the background of these systems. So a brief kind of uh, overview of what these things are um, that I've just mentioned. So responsive display ads, and responsive search ads, they will let you add in multiple, um, if it's a display ad, image assets um, and text variants. If it's search ads, it'll let you add in text variants, uh, headlines, things like that. Um, and then when these ads are live, they use the machine learning in the background um, to learn what combinations of text and if it's a display ad uh, image, uh, what image and text combinations work best and then it will optimize towards that. So that can save you a lot of time in testing things um, than a lot of time in building many more ads than you would need to if you were using, if you weren't using responsive ads. Um, so that is a big time saver. Campaign budget optimization um, is another thing that I mentioned. That's a Facebook innovation, which allows you to set a budget at campaign level. So this is something that we do with Google ads um, and it was going to become mandatory on Facebook as of earlier this year, but that never happened. But it's still something that we would encourage you, if you are running your own Facebook ads, it's something that we would encourage you to do. Um, it's a massive time saver setting the budget at campaign level and allowing the algorithms in the background to push budget towards the ad sets where your audiences will be located. Um, it will push the budget towards the ad sets that are performing best. This is something that we do here at TAG. It is a big time saver, but also campaign budget optimization will be able to optimize your campaigns uh, and push budget to the, the correct ad sets probably better than, than we can as just people. Um, so that's not only a massive time saver, but it will increase performance. And if you're running something like a lead gen campaign um, with lead generation forms on Facebook, gathering in that data, um, using campaign budget optimization is going to generate more leads than if you weren't using it for sure. And the final innovation that I just wanted to discuss um, was smart bidding. So smart bidding is um, something that we can use on Google that lets you set an automated bidding strategy and it uses machine learning to optimize for conversions or conversion value 
in every auction that we are running in. Um, so, Jamie, if I come to you, kind of what um, smart bidding strategies do you tend to go for and in what kind of situations would you would you use them? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So um, at TAG, we, we tend to use maximize conversions as our default kind of smart bidding strategy. And that is really what it says in the tin, that that's a strategy set up um, that, that Google will use. Um, it will use its machine learning to, to find users who are more likely to convert after clicking on your ad. Um, the kind of alternative to this, if you're more focused on aw- on awareness, we will sometimes run a maximize clicks campaign, uh, which again is quite self-explanatory. Google will use its machine learning to find somebody who is most likely going to click through onto your ad, um, and you know, and be a, a session on your website. There are a few more smart bidding strategies that we do use. Um, I think I may have touched on them a few times, but. Um, one of them is target CPA, and that is um, where you set a target cost per acquisition um, within the bidding strategy, and Google will only serve an ad or find users um, who are likely to click on an ad that will result in a, that target CPA that you have set. For example, if if you have quite a high CPA at the moment at that moment in time, and you want to bring it down, this might be a good bidding strategy for you. So if you have a CPA of $20 or £20 at the moment and you want that to be closer towards you know £10 then what you would do is you would set target CPA as your bidding strategy, put £10 in and um, Google's machine learning will do what it can to, to find users that are likely going to bring your CPA down and it won't bid on anything like far too expensive or not trustworthy um, going forward Um I'm trying to think of other smart bidding strategies we've used in the past. We've used um, target impression share, although it's not so much a smart bidding strategy. It's also very useful if there's a lot of um, you know competition within the auction, especially for things like branded search terms. If somebody else is bidding on your branded search terms, target impression share might be a good bidding strategy for you, which basically allows you to set a figure or percentage of the impression share that you'd like to achieve so for most people for their brand this would be a hundred percent and what that means is you you basically want to always appear for your search terms no matter what no matter what the cost and as you can imagine this is a good bidding strategy if you have quite a high budget but we wouldn't suggest you know running this with a with a lower budget Um, but most of the time like I say, our bidding strategy that we use is maximize conversions. It's kind of tried and tr- tried and tested. Um, it works, you know, really well for us. Um, obviously, you need to have conversion tracking set up to do this. But yeah, I, I really, I would recommend, like you say, use t- spending some time finding the kind of bidding strategy that that works for you. Um, like a lot of people do have less time on their hands at the moment. Um, and this is for for us it essentially is a very big time saver. So I would highly recommend taking a bit of time to look at that if you if you are running your own kind of Google campaigns in house. So going back to my point earlier, with all these additional virtual events popping up each week, how do you actually differentiate your event from the others and stand out from the crowd? 
or to put it short, how do you actually give your attendees a reason to attend? Um, as you can imagine, there's a lot of content out there, but the most important thing to remember here is cream rises to the top, and therefore quality is better than quantity, I would always say. And remembering this point, this will always be what makes your attendees want to come to your event and command that attention in a crowded space. And like I said before, the auction and the market space is becoming more crowded than ever with all these new virtual events popping up. Um, so I just wanted to highlight a few kind of tips or things to remember um, that we've noticed that are make, kind of making a difference for our clients. Um, these are things that can be done you know, via your ads, but also just good housekeeping things for virtual events. So one thing that we've noticed beyond kind of having high high content or good content on your website, um, you know, keeping your speaker sessions under 30 minutes uh, for virtual events is, is quite key. goes back to kind of what Johnny was saying earlier. People don't have as much time bef as before. Um, so making sure that your speaker sessions aren't these long um pro long time commitments to to users attending will will be a kind of a difference maker for them for sure um the second one really is to ensure that your your meeting platform or your virtual event platform is easy to use and also engaging um there's a lot of event platforms out there at the moment that are kind of selling themselves as a, a virtual event platform but they're their interface is incredibly boring and not very, um, you know, interactive. So that's one thing. If you are going to invest money in a virtual event, I would invest a lot of your budget in actually, you know, a, a platform that is going to be engaging. Um, but the most important thing to me, really, uh, that I think is what makes your content stand out and what makes your virtual event stand out is to remember why your event is actually happening and you know ensure your marketing and messaging focuses on the why um but it's also tailored for the kind of online experience um this kind of does ring true for both in-person hybrid and virtual events but it's just one thing that i believe is what's going to make your event stand out is make sure that you put across why your event's happening and why you should attend it um over you know your competitors for example yeah so that really does bring me on to um my next point so how can we give the attendees a reason to attend and i think the best way of conveying that message is by utilizing video ad campaigns and video content so research done by cisco um said that by 2022 Online videos will make up more than 82% of all consumer internet traffic. So that will be, um, I think, 15 times higher than it was a couple of years ago in 2017. Um, so that's an insanely high volume of uh, internet traffic that's going to be just video content all the way. So we can really get a head start on that begin using the video content um, today, if we haven't already, um, develop video content strategies and really incorporate them as part of our paid campaigns. Video campaigns, they're an effective way to generate new data um, as well as awareness for the event. 
as well as providing the ability to retarget users who have previously engaged with your brand in some way. So one great way of utilizing video as part of paid campaigns would be through YouTube. Now, if you ran YouTube campaigns in the past, uh, three, four years ago, and found that they didn't bring you in conversions, we would recommend that you try these again um, as part of paid campaigns now. Um, we can see that YouTube campaigns currently can outperform certain search campaigns, um, specifically middle of the funnel keywords. So YouTube has, obviously it's, it's more popular than ever as a platform, but in terms of ad campaigns, the performance is definitely better than ever. Um, so try and incorporate YouTube campaigns into the paid strategy. You can also run video views campaigns on Facebook, which optimizes for users watching your video content as opposed to, to going onto your website and uh, buying an event ticket or something like that. Um, it's purely optimizing for users watching the video content. Now, the beauty of these campaigns is that you can create remarketing audiences off the back of it. So not only are you just building awareness for your event or raising awareness to try and get people to exhibit or sponsor, um, but you are also gathering data that you can use as part of other campaigns at the same time. If you're in need of more video content or just have outdated post-show videos that need a little bit of a refresh, then this is something that the team here at TAG can help with. Our video service can create teaser videos for your upcoming show um, or other things like say if you need to do a post-show video and you've got a few clips and we can put that together and that's gonna really get the audience engaged as part of paid campaigns or, or to use organically, and that's fine as well. Um, and it will ensure that you're ready with the best format for ad networks. So as part of the video service, you get multiple formats supplied to you uh, and they can then be used as part of paid social campaigns on your social channels, on YouTube, um, just anywhere that you want to use the video. So if you want to hear more about the video service that we offer, again, just go to the Tag Digital website um, and get in touch there. Jamie and Johnny's Squadcast Extravaganza. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the Squadcast. Hopefully you've taken away some key learnings that you can use immediately to start building data and increasing registrations for your events, whether they be virtual or physical, depending where you are in the world. If you're looking for more events PPC insight, then check out our other episodes, which are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most importantly, the Tag Digital website. You can find some great blogs and case studies on the website too, so be sure to check that out. And if you have any questions about anything that myself or Johnny have discussed during this episode, or you have any questions in general, then just feel free to drop us an email on either johnny at tagdigital.co.uk or jamie at tagdigital.co.uk or alternatively, just get in touch via our website at tagdigital.co.uk. The Squadcast. Your go-to podcast for the latest event PPC news and trends. Squadcast by Tag Digital.